Hello, and welcome back to another episode of After School with Dylan Mack. Today we interview Mike Lupica, an esteemed sports columnist, novelist, and commentator. Mike's renowned for his insightful and engaging sports journalism and for his numerous best-selling young adult sports novels. Today, we interview Mike to dive into his illustrious career in sports media. We'll uncover the roots of his passion for sports, what it takes to craft compelling sports narratives, how he has remained a significant voice in sports journalism amidst the rapidly changing media landscape, and everything in between. Uh, hello, Mike. Thank you again for being on the podcast today. And, you know, I just want to ask you uh, a starting question for the podcast that I ask all my guests, which is just imagine that you're in high school, you're a sophomore in high school, and you just got back from school. What are you doing? You going straight to the books, you studying, you finish the homework, you going to play sports, TV, whatever it is. Well, I would usually go to practice because I was usually playing some sport or another. But I, 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 before I got to schoolwork, I would probably pick up whatever book I was reading at the time. And um, most of those books were like the books I ended up writing um, for young readers for a long time. Uh, and they were the Chip Hilton books, actually, when I was a kid. And... Uh, they were about all the things that I ended up writing about in my books, which was loyalty and friendship and teamwork. And I just didn't know for a long time that that is the kind of book I was supposed to be writing. The other day, somebody on 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 X or Twitter or whatever you call it put up some pictures of my uh, covers of some of those books, and uh, it touched off this thing where for a couple of days it just went completely viral. Uh, we're all young more guys uh, who had read these books growing up went crazy responding to it. it it's they've gotten this tweet got like millions of, of views and I, I had no idea it was coming I had no oh. idea who this young man was and all of the love for those books starting with travel team came flooding back over me it was really kind of wonderful oh wow well, that's such like a nice full circle moment yeah it was um, great would you say, like, you know, you were obviously and still are into sports, you know, and I'm just curious, like, would you say this was something that you, sports was something you found naturally appealing? Your parents might have introduced it to you? Like, how did you get into sports, like, as a kid? And then obviously... I, I just played with my friends, and then when they were organized sports, <coughs> I, 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 I did that when I was in high school. I, I, I ran cross-country and played football one year and played basketball. And, 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 but I, from the time I was in high school, I was writing uh, for the school paper. I mean, I, I, over the years, because of my kids' books, um, I've probably spoken at hundreds of schools around the country, and I always tell people, especially aspiring writers, write for the school paper. It was a great education. I wrote for the school paper in New Hampshire. And then when I got to Boston College, I was writing for three school papers at once wow. of various kinds. And it, uh, and, and, the, and the other thing about that is, I always tell kids this, it's important. Once you put your name on something, make sure it's your, <coughs> excuse me, make sure it's your best work because you don't know who's going to see it. 
So write the best page you can write, the best paragraph you can write, best sentence you can write. Because when I was at Boston College, I had only written like two or three columns for the Heights, which was the official school paper. And somebody, to this day, I don't know who it was, sent those columns to the sports editor of the Boston Globe. Wow. And he called me up as a sophomore at BC, and he called me up, and he asked me if I wanted to write a feature for them. And at first, I thought it was one of my buddies ragging on me, and it was him. <laughs> and I, I wrote this piece there there was a baton twirler called the golden girl every year at boston college and her name was pam lake and i wrote this piece and the sentence the opening sentence was she has the best pair of hands on the bc campus but she doesn't play football they ran it on the front page of the boston globe the next day and from that moment on i i knew what i wanted to do with the rest of my life but but the, the point of that story is not that the point of the story is that whatever the sports editors saw out of those three columns, that was the best work I could have done on those. Put your best foot forward, yeah. And it and it and it 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 changed my life. I mean, you have to wonder if you didn't put your best effort, who knows what could have happened? You know, it's very interesting to think about. Yeah, I know. Yeah, everybody has to do this. Whatever their passion is, it, it you you have to always make sure. You find the very best in 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 yourself. I, it happened later on when I was my first year out of Boston College. I was freelancing, and uh, some of my work ended up on the desk of the sports editor of the New York Post. And he called me in and asked. Uh, I had an interview with him, and he offered me a job. And uh, I got to New York, and my first week in New York, I was scared to death of everything and everybody, and I wrote four like random uh, features. And at the end of the first week, I, I go in to check my schedule for the next week. Because it's it, it's like, I, in my mind, I had like an ironclad day-to-day -day contract with the New York Post. And the Knicks were starting their season. And it was Knicks game story, Knicks, 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 Knicks. And I went back to the sports center. He's a guy, a great colorful guy named Mike, Ike Ellis. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Gellis, he's on the phone with his bookie. And I said, Mr. Gellis, um, I couldn't help but noticing next week you have me covering the Knicks. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I thought, and I gave him a name. I said, I thought he covered the Knicks. And he said, not anymore. And he went back to talking to his bookie. And he, we had never discussed that I was being brought to New York to cover the New York Knicks, which was the biggest uh, uh, beat on the paper. And, 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 and in that moment, my life changed again because... I guess those first four features were okay because wow, he didn't fire me. He didn't fire me, and and yes, but he, had, Dylan, to say that I was hired <laughs> out of obscurity, that would be insulting to actually obscure people. Nobody had any idea who I was. Yeah, and and I'm 23 years old, and I was in New York, and 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 the rest is now, been a blast. Mike, I gotta ask you, man. You know, a 23 year old who. I'm 17 now. That's only six years away, and I can't even imagine six years. You know, yeah, so let's get you, that, let's get going, kid. Let's get what, after it. Okay. <laughs> were you let's terrified? Be, hey, Dylan, let's not be wasting time talking to old sports writers. Let's uh, you get you get you, you 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 get after it, young man. Get uh, yes, right now. No, yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, were you ever felt out of place because of being a young per such a young person? You ever like no. have to deal? Never. No, and I'll tell you why. And I, 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 I've said this for a hundred years. 
in my mind, I was still writing for the school paper. I was still writing for my buddies. I, 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 I didn't think that I was writing for millions of people. I didn't think I was writing for the city of New York. I, it was the same deal. What's the subject today? How can I present this in whatever style I had in whatever, whatever, um, uh, uh, you know, whatever my voice was, Pete Hamill always said, you either had a voice or you didn't. I didn't, I didn't think about any of that stuff. Just have the column have a beginning, a middle and an end. And, and hopefully, you know, get people to stay with it till the end, which is the same way I approach my books. I, the whole thing with writing books is I got to keep you turning pages. If I can't keep you turning pages, I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And I want to quickly pivot on this. When you were a kid, were you just always also naturally into writing as well? Yeah. Like, I know you uh-huh. said you were, you were a reader. You loved, you know, the Chip Hilton books. Yeah. You think it just came naturally? And then how did you figure, like, was there a time where you figured out you could combine your love for sports and writing? Or well, I, was, just- I was in, in, when I was in Nash, growing up in Nashville, New Hampshire, yeah. the, the paper there is the National <clears throat> Telegraph. And I went from writing for the school paper at Bishop Girton High School to writing, I covered Bishop Girton sports that I wasn't playing um, uh, for $5 a story. And even when I was on the basketball team, the, I, I covered those too, but I used an assumed wow. name since I was on the team. And <laughs> that was that was the first money I ever, uh, the first money I ever made from, uh, from being a sports writer. So yeah, no, I love sports. I've got three sons who know way more about sports uh, than I do, They're, like way more. And I'm not being self-deprecating. They just do. <laughs> okay, they just do. They're just waste. That was one of them calling me from California. Um, but yeah, I love sports, and but I loved writing. And uh, even when I was 10, 11 years old, I was writing little uh, uh, mystery stories in uh, these little blue composition books. I actually still write longhand when I'm writing my books. I... Uh, I write about twenty or thirty pages, and then I, I type it up I, I, with my little wow, yeah, little Catholic school handwriting. Yeah, I mean, I'm so like, did you when you first started off as a kid, you know, doing this for high school? Did you envision that this could be a full career, or you just kind of went with like what you loved, and you it just like you you know, or were you like, well, I want to do this, like I'm gonna try and pursue this, or was it just like, let's see what happens? I love doing this, I'm gonna keep going for it, and then yeah, boom. I I I um. You know, Dylan, I have no other skills. So, um, you know, if, if, if this if this ever goes south, I, I really my daughter Hannah always says, "Dad, it's good that you can write because you can't do anything else." Which I I, I I dispute that. I dispute that. I'm very good at packing a car, for example. I yeah. no, I, have, I I have other skills. Don't. But worry you got about a nice jumper, right? You can shoot a basketball. I, 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 no, I was better. I was better. I was a better passer than I was a shooter. Passer. My dad's um, not good either, so. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, um, I, it just was a natural fit. And then once I was in college, I just had, had, my plan was to get to New York and to write a newspaper column. And then if, if, if I was good enough at that to write books, because my two heroes were, were, uh, Jimmy Breslin and Pete Hamill. And, uh, they both became mentors and friends of mine. We were all at the daily news together for a while. And so that was my plan: write a column and 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 write books. And though that was that, my dream wasn't any wider than that. I, you know, then I was able to do a, a TV on the Sports Reporters for a long time, and and I've done a lot of TV, but I've never thought of myself 
as a, a TV personality. Oh, I've only ever thought of myself as 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 a writer. A, a friend of mine, we were, I was traveling to Wimbledon one year, and I was traveling with another uh, writer named Jane Gross, and she looked at me as I was filling out some sort of custom form on the plane, and she had like described her occupation as reporter or journalist, and I always wrote the same thing. I just wrote writer. All I ever wanted to do was tell my stories. I, I now I tell them fictionally. I still write. You know, I'm still writing two columns a week for the Daily News for the sheer fun of it because I'm. <clears> that's amazing. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, and 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 but I yeah, all I wanted, all I ever wanted to do was tell my stories. Now, I'm curious, you know, as and you might not have, um, have ever felt like this, but even with me and I know kids my age, you know, let's say like I like acting. If I get a good part in like in an acting role, sometimes I feel like. I have imposter syndrome where I feel like, you know, maybe not as confident. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, if I was meant for this. I was wondering, you know, because you kept moving up in the ranks. Did you ever feel imposter syndrome? Like you didn't maybe belong? And if you did, how did you fight against that? And if you didn't, then how did you do that? Or you think it just, you just never really even focused on it. You just kept going. I, I never, I, when I got to New York, and, and I, I was at the, the Post for a year covering the Knicks, and then I got a column at the Daily News at, at, at whatever age I was, 24, 23, or going on 24. And I, I know that there was a lot of resentment, like I hadn't, quote, paid my dues. But I, I always said to people that I didn't know that there was some guidebook, that it was either your time or you either had game or you didn't have game. But I didn't think, you know, I didn't think there were any age requirements for, for doing good work in the newspaper. And fortunately, I had the backing of older people. And and they whatever they saw in me, they saw something. And But I, I, I always had enough. When it came to writing, I was never afraid. I, I was always very confident. I'm, I, I, I'm very fast on deadline. I always have yeah. been. I, I, once I know what I want to say, it, 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 it's still comes quite naturally to me and it's it's my wife laughs sometimes and my my sports editor i forget what big story had happened in the last couple of months and he, and he called me up and he said how soon can you get in and i said i'll have a column to you in a half an hour and i had a column to him in a half an hour and when i sent it and it was already online he sent me a, a text he said you're a freak and <laughs> but, Again, it's it goes back. To, it's like I told you. I have no other skills, so I have to maximize. <laughs> I have to maximize this one that I have. No, I mean that's amazing, and I I'm just wondering, like, do you you ever run out of juice? You know, maybe, maybe not with nonfiction stuff. I mean, I can assume it with not, but also like fiction stuff, like ideas, or you think no, it's always, I, I mean, it's I always could, there. If I, turn, if I turn my this laptop, you could see I, I'm. I've I, seen the vast amount of books you've written, and I yeah, I feel like no, I. Should, I was, I write every day. I have trouble I, I, writing an essay, I feel like, after a while. And then I, I, I get burnt out because I, I don't even know what to write anymore. No, I so like it's, it. It's I, amazing. I, I write every single day. And one of the th reasons I get along with James Patterson, with whom I write novels now, is he's the same way. He's full of ideas. He's got many more co-writers than me. And when we're working on a book together, we will talk five or six times a day about the story and and what the fun of it is we're only talking about the story like everything else is extraneous the best editors i've ever had in the newspaper business ed kosner who's a great legendary editor 
once said the great thing about our relationship was when it was time to talk about the column, we, we didn't talk about anything that was not about the column. And then once I had it fixed in my brain or once Jim and I have fixed what the next chapter ought to be, then I'm good. I, I'm a, he, Jim Patterson is a bear for outlines. I, I will advise you when you're doing anything writing-wise, outline it. Because if you even have a rough map, a rough blueprint of where you're going, it makes it so much easier for you. Yeah, I mean... That's what they tell us in school at the time, and I bet you most students don't write an outline for their no, essay. No, no, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's Dylan. It's great. It, it's great advice. When I, and I'm again, we don't, we don't always stick to our outline. We don't. The stories and the characters they kind of take off on their own. But, but when you even feel like you might be getting stuck, if you've got that outline on the desk next to you, it it um uh it, it makes your job. A lot easier and would you say that you've gotten you think and still are getting better and better and quicker and quicker at you know outline bang on page boom 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 or do you think it like something you just got you've gotten better at or you think you've kind of just maintained this high level of like you know efficiency and i i don't know about that what, what i do know is the more you do it it's like mm -hmm. it's like practicing jump shots or your or your golf swing or or your serve in tennis the more you do it, the better you 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 get at it. I, I remember um, there was a time in my career when I, I wrote um, the sports column for about ten years for Esquire magazine, and I went down to spring training to do a column on Sparky Anderson, the legendary Cincinnati Reds, Detroit Tigers manager, and he was getting near the end of his career. And I said, "What's the best part right now, at this point in your life, about?" being a baseball manager and he looked at me and he grinned and he said i know how to do it and i knew exactly what what he he meant okay and, and I, I i'm not splitting the atom here you know I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not curing disease or i'm not fixing global warning or anything you know all i'm trying to do every day whether i try to write the best chapter i can write i try to write the best column um i can write and and and, and, it, and, and at the end of it, I go over it, I hit send, and then if, if, it's, if it was, if that day, that was the best, that was the best I had in me, then I feel like I put in a good day's work. And it's not any more complicated. There's no magic. Uh, 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 there's a great mystery writer, friend of mine, Joe Eday, I-D-E. It's he's terrific. And, and he, he, he wants to find writer's block this way. He said, writer's block means you got up from the desk. And and it does. It, if I'm stuck in whatever scene I'm writing or whatever point in my story that I'm at, I try to write myself through it. So I don't, when I get back to my desk the next day, then I'm not stuck again. I try to write through the wall and and I'll even stop sometimes if I'm when I'm going good, in mid scene, knowing great because when I sit down in the morning, it'll be like I'm already at full speed again. Yeah, I mean, and like, how do you think then you've evolved, also like as a person through your like experiences with journalism and like fiction? Oh, I, no, I've evolved as a person because because I wildly overmarried. That starts there, okay? As 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 
as I always say about my wife, not only can I not believe she married me, I can't believe she ever actually talked to me, okay? And then we have these four amazing children. And and that, I, I'm not a better person because I'm right. I'm a better person because of them. I'm, I'm a better person because I have them in my life and they love me and I love them and watching them grow up. And we now have our first grandson. We're about to have another oh, one. Congratulations. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, and, and I had awesome parents. My parents both lived, my dad died last spring um, at the age of 99. Oh, my condolences. He was a war hero, um, a bombardier in B-24s. My mom died a couple of months later at the age of 95. My dad, on January 27th, would have been 100 years old. Wow, and he lived long cool. enough to see his first great-grandson, who was born one week before his 99th birthday. So that was pretty – and I was with him. Oh, on wow. His that's, that's just awesome. I've got a picture of, of him blowing out the candles on his 99th. So I, I have been stupidly lucky. Um, with the people in my life. Stupidly lucky with the people in my life and stupidly lucky with the people in my career. But yeah, I know but, I know, but I know I have been lucky. See, and that's what I was going to ask you. You you seem like I can just really tell like such a grateful <clears throat> person for everything that you have. How do you like like um, you know, keep reminding yourself to like be grateful and not just take things for granted. You know, whether that's family, your career, whatever. Every every day <clears throat> When I walk up the stairs to my writing room and, you know, my, th there's not a day goes by that I don't talk to every one of my children. My daughter lives close by, um, but I talk to every, but friends of mine can't believe this. He said, wait, you talk to all of them every day. I talk to all of them every day. And then when I come up here into this room and I close the door and, and I'm once again telling my stories, I, I just think to myself once again, you're the you're the luckiest sob ever born. I mean, that's just like amazing to keep thinking that. Even, even when like times get rough, I mean, like I I feel like I'd have trouble reminding myself of like that stuff. attitude. Let me tell you something, yeah. Dylan. My my dad lived as long as he did, especially my dad, because he he woke up every day, even when when he was starting to fail at the end, and thought it was just going to be the best day he ever had. His attitude kept him alive, yeah, kept him positivity. going. Kept him, um, it, 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 attitude is, attitude is a big part of this. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's like all of my kids books were the same. You get knocked down, you get back up and anybody can get knocked down. It requires no talent, no skill, no heart, no imagination. We're all good at getting knocked down, but it's how you get back up after you do get knocked down that shows the world, all of those things, your heart, your, your, your courage, your character, and and those are what my kids' books especially were about. Yeah, and I'm curious because, you know, you've had such a demanding career. How did you, like, like kind of, I, I know, like, you know, as I talk to different guests, they kind of have different opinions on work-life balance. But how did you kind of, like, you know, make sure you had time for your work, of course, but also them as they're, you know, were Oh, no, I, now. yeah, no, as time went on and my kids started to grow up, I, I just spent less and less time on the road. It was, uh, my... My editor knew that my life had changed. I had all these kids. I coached yeah. them all in sports. I coached all of them in sports. Um, I was there for practices. I, I saw little league. I saw that your your little yeah, league. No, I coached. I, I coached baseball. I coached basketball. I coached soccer. I I and 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 I'll tell you this. I I I, I always used to before every game 
whatever team I was coaching, I'd call them over and I'd say, okay, look up in the stands. See all those adults up there? Parents, your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts. Every one of them would change places with you and be your age and have one more game to play. I said, you I said, I want you to want to win today. The other team's going to want to win. But you appreciate what the next hour, hour and a half, or whatever it's going to be, because someday you you would, would give a bazillion dollars to have one of these Friday nights or Saturday mornings or Saturday oh, yeah. afternoons back. I mean, yeah, that's no, that's very. I feel like even now I kind of feel like that, even though I'm only 17. So I should enjoy myself yeah. now. <laughs> I you gotta like my... what you're doing, you know. Yeah. If you don't, it'll. You know what? It's it just you you. you you know, there's a great line from the Rocky movies. Nobody understands someone's dreams except themselves. So you, whatever your dream is, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't. Or don't if you if you're willing to work enough, hard enough, and you have the talent, then then then, I you know I I just believe that good things happen yeah. to good people. I do. I, I, and bad things happen to good people too. I'm not saying they don't, but if, <coughs> but don't ever let anybody tell you you can't. Yeah, and I mean, do you are you a believer that if someone really wants something and they're so passionate about it, they will eventually find a way yeah. to get that thing? Yes. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, even though the people ask me, I know that the newspaper business has shrunk. I know that, that the media is changing all the time. But I firmly believe that if you have talent, the world will find you. I, I've, I've lived my whole life believing that way because I'm living proof of it. I, I I didn't take out any ads in the paper to end up in the Boston Globe. I didn't take out any ads in the paper to get hired, you know, in New York for the first time. It 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 it, it just I got after it, and I, and I have my health still, and I'm lucky enough to still be getting after it. Knock on wood. Um, one more question for you, Mike, before you have to go. Okay. You know, this podcast is for kids that are kind of still figuring out what they want to do with their careers, uh -huh. figuring out their passions. You know, just like, again, like you've kind of been doing it this whole podcast, which has been amazing. But just, yeah, final advice for them for if they went up to you and they were like, Mike, we are scared about because we don't know what we want to do with our life. We don't know if we're going to be able to make it, yada, yada, yada. So what would you tell them? It's a loaded well, question, but. I, I once gave a commencement address at my oldest son's high school graduation. And I said, as a parent, yeah, you really feel like you have one job that's bigger than, than all the others. And that's to leave your children a better world than your parents left you. And I told them, we haven't done that. I said, my dad's generation did that. They went off and fought World War II. They saved the world. And I said, now we have, we have presented you a world where there's so much crap in it. I, I don't know. So I told them, you have to, Dylan, your generation has to do better than my generation. <laughs> and I, if I'm going to leave you with one thought, okay? The, the most powerful thing, there's two powerful things in this world. One's a good idea. Once a good idea gets inside your head, it's impossible to get out. But there is nothing more powerful in this world than a random act of kindness. And if you do one of those every single day, and we all try to do just one of them every single day, the world will be a lot better off. Yeah. <sighs> well, Mike, thank you so much for this. No, I'm the blast. Now listen, listen. I'm gonna go walk my dogs now. But you, you heed what I told you today. And whatever your dream is, young man, you go chase it as hard as you can. Okay? Because if not, 
you're going to have to deal with me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm okay. dreaming for the Knicks to finally win or the Jets. You know, that, oh my that's. Oh, God. Oh, you poor thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye, Dylan. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, so much. See you.